So um, I saw a really great story about Toy Story 2, which keeps coming up on our podcast for some reason. Toy Story 2? Toy Story 2. Oh yeah, I don't want to use my head. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Do you know that it almost got completely deleted in the whole franchise and then it got cancelled? How do you mean? So there was an amazing story where production was underway on Toy Story 2, and it had been from some t- for some time when an employee at Pixar was doing some housekeeping with files that were no longer needed on the project, which is fairly common. Like, you, you yeah. bin stuff you don't need. And he was essentially... Well, essentially a tragedy happened when he started deleting data like that was core to the characters. So like Woody's hat and his boots and like the animations relating to that were being deleted. And he essentially like removed root files that were used in every single part of the film. Um, And basically one of Pixar's associate technical directors, a guy called Oren Jacobs, saw Woody being like disappeared in front of his eyes, like on their connected server, and basically rushed to tell the systems crew to like stop everything, like everything's being disappeared. Uh, But when they actually stopped, 90% of the film had been deleted. (gasps) Like, could you imagine? Like, this is like really crazy. But what happened was... um, uh, so they checked their backup systems, yeah. but realized that their backup system hadn't been successfully backing up for over a month. Oh, classic. So basically, they had to tell the technical director, a woman called Galen Suzman, Galen Suzman, um, who was on maternity leave, and tell her essentially, like, 90% of the film is gone. Oh, we essentially are starting again. Oh, God. Um, but she happened to have a remote version, an entire backup of the movie, at her home. So there was a point in time when the only backup of the entire production of Toy Story 2 was in this lady's home. Um, and she was literally just given birth to her baby boy. Um, and basically a team of people came to her house, wrapped her computer in blankets, and seat belted the PC to the back of her Volvo so nothing would get destroyed course, in the event is, of an accident. This is like the 1997 or 8 or something yeah. would have been. Yeah, so they would have a huge, huge computer. Yeah, they like had to fuck, there was no drives. Yeah. Like you just had no to cloud. take the computer, no cloud. Um, and then when they arrived at the studio, they described it as eight people met us with a pirate sheet out of the parking lot and like a sedan carrying a pharaoh. They like walked it into the machine room. Um, and basically like because she had a backup at her home, the whole film was saved. But they, they said that if that had happened and they couldn't recover the film, it's very likely that not only would they have scrapped the project, but they would have not necessarily continued the franchise with momentum. It's like- They've already wasted so much money production's on Production's gone. You would have to, you know, it'd be better to start over and do something else. Jesus like, Christ. Could you imagine? Well. First of all, what happened to that employee? Did they get disappeared? Uh, did they, did uh, Joe Pesci put them yeah. in the back of a move a car? Did you know 90% I mean? of them get lost? <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, we're going to lose 90% of you. <laughs> your boots, your hat, yeah. gone. <laughs> my hat now. Oh my God, that's that makes me feel sick. You know, it's like when Horrifying. if you're a student and like your dissertation gets stolen the night before. And, I, uh, isn't that amazing though? Like that whole film, which I think is the best Toy Story film. Maybe. Oh, uh, interesting. Could really. be three. No, I think two I think two's the best. You know, I think I think I would have been interested to see. Let's say it had been ninety percent deleted, mm. and um, how different it would have Pixar been. had said, "Don't worry, we're going to let you crack on and, mm. and do it again." How different it would have been? Because there is an argument to say that, like, whatever it could have been better, because they would have just. But then it just it would have been different because artistically, creatively, the fatigue of redoing something re- yeah. wouldn't. They'd have ever to write a new story. Same. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Isn't that crazy though? The, the, the things that almost didn't happen. I just saw that and thought, "Oh my God." It's oh, you know what's really sad as well is that when you said uh, Toy Story two didn't happen, it almost got cancelled. I was thinking in a very sort of twenty twenty two way that like someone was just like, oh, actually, um, Woody's hat is quite offensive to <laughs> cowboys in the southern west region of uh, Texas. It was almost Greg from Succession <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, I have a problem with uh, uh, the hat. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously, this is in the original cancelling way. Is that it just pure, pure deletion? Yeah, wiped. 
also on a maybe you know on a deeper level like what was if like Woody, should it have Woody, happened no but like Woody has feelings and he's just there talking to Buzz he's like Buzz <laughs> yeah Buzz, Buzz. <laughs> it's, like, it's like back <laughs> to the future <laughs> like his hand gets <laughs> Woody stay with me Woody yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get Woody back <laughs> Woody's just bald <laughs> yeah he looks like one of those like demented monsters in Sid's house <laughs> It's just like a horror film. Hey, Sid, you know this Sid, the Sid Easter egg in Toy Story 3? Oh, I don't think so. Not oh, off the top of my head. He's the garbage can. He's, oh. he's the garbage can. Sorry, he's the, um, God, the, he's the rubbish bin collector. Well, you know, the, the, at the beginning yes. when... Uh, I don't know what happens in the rubbish. The, the, oh, the, the rubbish bin collectors take the, the bag full of toys, which I think is going in the attic, I think. And they think it's going to take it to the... Yeah, they think they're going to take it to the rubbish center. thing. No, before they do that, he's going to put it in the rubbish uh, lorry. Right. And Woody has to try and stop them. And the guy doing the rubbish just listen to headphones like do, 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 oh. they know it's sick because he's wearing the same skull t-shirt oh they, wow they, for some reason when he was a kid which really logically doesn't make any sense but except to indicate to the audience that this is the same character yeah i guess that's where sid would be twisted little i thought easter egg was a commonly understood term to people now in in the, you know, yeah yeah but i used the term easter egg to some people the other day and they thought i meant a chocolate you know shaped i egg. found a chocolate egg in the <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah. i was like oh, i was talking about this picture and I was it's like, like a will wilhelm scream it's like an industry joke that <laughs> yeah. people just put. i had to explain that to someone really? the other day and oh, i was wow. like you know it's like and then you try oh! to do the <laughs> <laughs> everyone thinks you're insane can you do can you do oh! <laughs> there are a few there are a few different ones no no it's all the same Ah, uh, there are variations. No, no, no. It's oh god, well, I, I'm gonna have to look. You, you have to go. I think it's a hundred percent one. There's, it's not the Wilhelm screams. It's the Wilhelm scream. But I think there's different pitches to them. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just variations on it. Star Wars always had like Wilhelm scream and Clo Indiana Jones, and all the epics. But then you yeah. get it in like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. That's not what you need when you're trying to do something else. Um, backtrack. I was going to say mm. um, Easter egg. Yeah, I was trying to say to people, I was like, oh, this thing's got an Easter egg in it. And they're like, oh, what do you mean? Layered? And I was like, no, no. No, no, an Easter egg is something that's left. Pushed up your glasses. Well, actually. Yeah, um, in a film, it's like a no yeah. nodding wink to an audience. You know, we should do a feature at some point in the future about like the best, the best Easter eggs. For Easter? Uh, Non-Marvel <laughs> Easter eggs. I agree. Because they've made they it like a whole cottage industry. Yeah, we should do like non-modern non day superhero, Comic-Con, pop, pop culture. Like, let's go... Bang. Maybe just pre two thousand eight. Yeah, even. Oh wow. Yeah. Pre Iron Man. Pre crash. Yeah. <laughs> pre pre economic crash. <laughs> we didn't need Easter eggs to distract <laughs> us from our troubles then. <laughs> yeah. So last night, I surprised myself. I didn't plan on seeing it, but I went to go see Uncharted, the movie, the movie of the PlayStation game, which I love. Like I really, really love these games. They are like true to my heart. Yeah. This is. Uh, Starring Tom Holland, starring Mark Wahlberg. It is directed by Ruben Fleischer. 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 Thank you. Of Zombieland fame and Venom. And, yes. Um, um, other disposable CGI rubbery stuff. I like Zombieland actually. But I like Zombieland too. Venom. Venom. I've seen the first one, and it, it's 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 just exactly what it looks like, and it's mm. not awful but it's nothing i would ever really i have nothing much to remember about it mm. surprise tom harley did it anyway back to you anyway um yeah directed by ruben fleischer thank you uh stars tom holland mark Wahlberg, antonio banderas sophia taylor tati gabrielle and this this film has been stuck in vaporware development hell for a really long time what does that mean vaporware, uh, vaporware is when something is announced as having happened 
but it seemingly just completely disappears off the face of the earth. Oh. And it's never, it has had directors attached to it. It has had stars attached yeah. to it. It actually had Mark Wahlberg attached to play Nathan Drake at one point. Right. It also had Robert De Niro attached to play Sully. David o. Russell was going to direct it. Seth Rogen was once producing it. Oh. It was all just all over the place. But when that first game came out, which is now very aged and dated, it was the cinematic uh, game. It was. The, I think I remember playing it and I thinking, "Wow, this is the first time I actually don't want to skip the cutscenes. I want to watch them." What is? What are these games about? Uncharted is all about a character called Nathan Drake, and it's essentially a Spielbergian Indiana Jones, but American. Last name Drake because he is said to be a descendant from Sir Francis Drake. Right. You didn't know that. Yeah. No. Well, no. I mean, you not you not really played them. I played, um, the, played one. It's of them. all about globe trotting, puzzle solving, jumping, shooting, climbing. It's like about cheesy villains. Uh, it's all about uh, Nathan Drake and the interactions he has discovering treasure. The early ones used to always have a supernatural element to mm. it, kind of like Indiana yeah. Jones would. Um, and the first game happened, it was pretty ropey because it was very old, but especially when you got to Uncharted 2, 3, and 4, they were really, I'd say, as cinematic as any film could be. And when the film first got talked about, I think, again, would have been around 2008, 2009. I thought, wow, yeah, that's such an obvious choice to make a film out of a game. Hollywood would really serve that franchise. As the games went on and they came out, I kind of felt like, actually, these film, these games are as cinematic as any high-budget yeah, Hollywood yeah. is. The acting is just as good. The, 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 the technology that they use to pretty much put anything you can imagine to life is there. So when the more and more time went on, there's like five or six Uncharted games, depending on how you count them, um, has come out. I'm like, this film doesn't really need to exist. Yeah. They are masterpieces in their own right. And I don't actually think a Hollywood lick of paint would add anything. I actually think it would take it away. And I just worry it wouldn't be very, be very faithful to what it is. Come to this version of it, I see Tom Holland's been cast. He's very sort of in with the Sony Pictures crew, obviously through Spider-Man. And I'm like, okay, wow, like they're going for this, this younger version of it. Um, I see the trailer and I'm a little bit apprehensive. I'm not gonna lie, I went in with really low expectations for this film. You basically, without re retreading the, the, same, the same foots I just told you about Uncharted, Tom Holland plays Nathan Drake, but yeah. a much younger version of him. In the games, he's about mid 30s to no. early 40s, but you see him at about 1920. He's sort of a nomad living in New York as a bartender and he sort of is pickpocketing, yes. I just wanna say, when you said at 1920, you meant the age of 1920. The age of 1920, not the year of 1920. Thank you. Yes. We could just talk about Indiana Jones, I got no, completely sorry. thrown there. Modern day, Modern he day. is about 19, 20 years old, which is about 15, 20 years younger than he usually is. Got it. And you have him sort of doing petty crimes. He's kind of lifting Tiffany bracelets off of girls and he's sort of a little bit of a pickpocket. He grew up with his younger brother who used to be, his, his older brother, who they both used to be obsessed over this treasure. They're like mm -hmm. natural historians who love maps and history and finding out what happened to a lost treasure. Come into the scene, Sully, played by Mark Wahlberg, who sees Nathan Drake, this sort of like chancer guy, and he says, listen, I've got a really big score. I want you on this treasure. It's the, I can't remember what it's called, the what's the face treasure for $4 billion. And Nathan Drake actually knows all about it because he was obsessing about it with his brother. Right. Comes to it, they go on this adventure together, globe trotting, puzzle solving, running away. There's double crosses, there's villains that smirk to the camera. Brilliant. Um, and sounds, I, like a, sounds like a panto. Yeah, it, it, it's National Treasure, Indiana Jones, and a little bit of James Bond. Got it. That's exactly what it is. And I, the film started, and I had my arms folded, <laughs> and my eyebrows raised, and I was like, oh yeah, go on, impress me. <laughs> I had such a bad attitude going yeah. in. And the first 10 minutes, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this. <laughs> and you know what? I did mostly enjoy it. It is, it is not perfect. And I could very happily sit here, go through the entire movie and nitpick and go, oh, that's not consistent yeah. to the games and that's not true to life. But 
to give credit to Tom Holland, that guy is really charismatic, and I think he did a good service to that character. Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Just, just so you know, the character of Sully is meant to be much older than Mark right. Wahlberg currently is. He's, like I said, Robert De Niro is going to play him. He is a Hawaiian shirt-wearing, cigar-smoking, ah, God damn it, Nate, mm. talks like that. And it sounds like Mark Wahlberg said, if I'm in it, can I just be Mark Wahlberg? And they said, yeah, all right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, I mean, Mark Wahlberg's made a whole career of being Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing, but he just sounds really bored. Oh, no. He's just kind of doing that thing. Well, hey, Nate, you got to go get the treasure. Mm. What? Hey, what are you talking about? That's what you got to do. We're going to make it over there. And I'm like, you're just, you're just, you're not really adding to this, mm. to this character. And you feel, you do look quite bored. Um, so there is that. And the age thing does throw me because yeah. it's like you've not even gone anywhere to the character. The two characters of Nate and Sully are so similar. I'm like, you, I kept thinking like you should be playing Nathan Drake. Yeah. You should be going into it more and playing Nathan Drake and, and Tom Holland is just not, not quite necessarily fitting with, with the yeah. chemistry of it. But I did have a good time with it. Did you just have a better than expected time or did you have a good time? I had a good time. Okay, would Both you? good and better than expected. I would say if you already didn't care... I wouldn't run out and see it because it's not, it's very safe and formulaic. Yeah. Kind of like how The Force Awakens is safe. No, but that, no, but, it, but, but it's a good film. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like that does a, that does a bit, but that had that more weight. That's probably better film than this. Look, this film's getting like slithering out in February. Like, I sure. Mean, like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't, I look at it and I think I see, I just don't see any reason for me as an outsider. This is to what watch I'm saying. It. And I've actually played one of the games. I played the game that, that they reference in the in the film. They with reference the, all the, of them pretty with much. The, with the plane, with the thing. And yes, the, three. Yeah, great. I, I mean, that was huge at the time and I really enjoyed it. But um, no, I don't want to see this film. Uh, that's what I'm saying. If you already didn't care, don't bother. If you did care, I'd say you, you could have a good time with this. I think it's interesting that with this film, it's made me realize how films now are marketed and sold on social media. Mm. Almost like, forget what the film's about. Almost forget who's in who's, it. Oh, not who's no, in no. it. No, no, forget who's in it. Forget what happens. Just find one joke in the film. Oh, right. <coughs> extract and it. And loop it and on loop every pre-roll YouTube ad. And so it becomes, and, and, and so it's like the, the, all the years of Marvel quipping. They were just like, if we just market those, that's what people love in these films. Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, I've seen the, you know, the, there's this clip about a cat that keeps coming up about, is that right? There's a cat in it. There's some sort of joke about a cat. Once. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, but, it's but I've seen it bit. more than you have. And yeah. you've, already, and you've <laughs> yeah. seen the film. It's not even a thing for me, but I understand exactly what you're doing. And, and I'm just like, this is so surface level cynical. Come on. Like, try and sell the film to me. Not just that. It, otherwise, they're basically saying the film is just a collection of lots and lots of millions of bits of content. Yeah. <laughs> like, TikToks. It, they, that's what they're going to say to Gen Z. They're going to be like, it's about a thousand TikToks long. <laughs> you don't want to feel like you've seen the film just because you've been paying attention to the marketing. Yeah. Which know, unfortunately yeah. is true for a lot of things. But like, like, what I'll give credit to is that it didn't feel like it took itself, it took itself the right amount of serious. Like, so I gave it a lot more credit. And then and I left. I was like, even though this is doing something completely different, it did actually feel like Uncharted. Okay. And that's like what you can ask. So for. if you like Uncharted, it's not as bad as you think it is. Yeah. But could it have been much better once upon a time? Ages ago, yeah. Right now the game is a much better experience because the characters are true to who they are. We, never, we haven't had a good game adaptation, have we, for a film? Ever. This is prob No, this is probably... I'd have to really have a think, but this is up there with the better of them. They're usually really bad, and I think this is a good time at the cinema. But 
when with the games you're like this is clearly taking inspiration from cinema so much why put the genie back in the bottle and be like let's just turn it back into a film you know i tell you what we're gonna have this conversation again when they bring out the last of us series oh because it's made by the same yeah. uh, developer named naughty dog which uh, again we can get into that another time but i don't think that needs to be dramatized it it's it already enough in its own way there's something about a game being about like an eight to ten hour experience where you control especially in the last of us which i'll get into but you there's such an ownership over when you control someone and the actions mm. you take it makes it far more immersive and that's a whole part of yeah. why storytelling is so effective in that medium um but yeah that's a, that's a conversation for another time if they brought out a novelization of a film i really liked i would only read that that i would expect i wouldn't expect everyone to read that book i'd no. be like that's just for the fans and i yeah. feel like the same thing with uncharted it's like well that film is clearly not for me i hope they're not putting too much money into this because i, I only fans are gonna go see that and you know what they also did they did the plane on a map on a dotted red line going to different countries i was like really we do it we're literally <laughs> i know you're Indiana probably paying Jones, homage yeah. but like it was a 3d version of it i was like please oh, stop God. please please don't do that um one last thing i really think that this film is tom holland's audition to play a younger james bond because i know that he did he, he told that he was writing a script where he pitched to Barbara Broccoli in The Powers That Be that he wanted to make a young James Bond film where he goes from Eton to the SAS. Like the Charlie Higson books. Things. Exactly, like the Charlie Higson books. What do you make of Tom Holland as a young James Bond in a reboot if that was to happen? Um... I don't think it's the most interesting direction they could go in. I think I, just making him young doesn't make him more interesting. Do you think they have to reboot it in that way to do it? No, I think they, there are many more interesting directions. With, with a property that's so old, like Bond, you can, you can make that much more interesting than simply going younger. I know it's been relatively unexplored, but I... I, I, I want Sorry. Christopher Nolan to do three 1950s Bond films, huh. period. Really? Yeah, that's what I want. I want 1950s Cold War, period. I want a, a cohesive trilogy that has a beginning, middle, and end. You want Nolan to do that? I'd love Nolan to do the Bond films. Why yeah. Nolan? Nolan doesn't do period. I mean, the way Oppenheimer's coming up, but like, does he, he do would. period? Uh, he did the Prestige. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But right I think then. I think if he went for it, I think that's what would be really cool. A trilogy and all of them like yeah, like, like or it doesn't have to be guy. three. Just like let's tell a story that because my problem with the Sam Mendes ones is they seem to be sort of like clutching around for sure. a loose thread yeah. to c complete it. If you're gonna have the same actor, let's write a series of films that make sense from A B to C. Ah, uh -huh. and it's set in the, the original. James and I Bond want era. it set in the Cold War with what I don't know Russian stuff, what, whatever. Like go back to some of the old books and really. Tell take from that and get take me back to that time where we're not worried about hmm. lasers and gadgets and take me out james bond craig's drop bond was about how relevant is james bond in the modern era do you need the man behind the gun when we've got drones and spy planes and cell phones take it back give it to nervin i like that idea so encanto was my oscar nominated we're getting through them yeah, I was going to film of the, the season bit by bit. Have you watched any? You didn't see any? I did. I saw Power of the Dog. Right. Okay. Let me. I, I, I'm gonna just going to before you jump into it. Mm. I haven't seen it. Mm. I've actually never seen a Jane Campion film. I've heard very mixed things. Mm. I've seen lots of critics and filmy people gushing about it. Mm. But I've also spoken to people who are real people who have actually seen it and they've gone terribly so terribly boring couldn't get through it and i've seen think pieces appear online about the great power of the dog debate what do we think about it i do think it looks like the kind of film that's probably not best suited to netflix when it, it, looks, like, it looks like a netflix film I, I hope i'm not stealing your points out of your mouth not but this all. is all i haven't even seen it but this is all in my head look i like 
Mm-hmm. I was about to say I like Cumberbatch, but actually I kind of I take Cumberbatch on a case by case basis. I don't think he's a bad actor, but I think sometimes when he plays Americans, I find him quite annoying. You know, because he does that whole kind of I'm doing an American mm. uh, accent, and this plays a rancher. But I don't know. Tell me about it, James. But bang on about I think just just picking up on what you said about whether or not this is suited for the the small screen. I'm sure Netflix are absolutely thrilled that they've got films nominated for Best Picture, and I don't think the other formats are competing in that same way. So I'm sure they're loving it. But I watched it on Netflix at home and part of me wishes I had just been in the all-encompassing sensory blackout of the cinema. Um, Just quickly, Power of the Dog, directed by Jane Campion, as you said. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, and Cody Smith-McPhee. And all of them are on really amazing form. It's set in 1925 Montana, but it's filmed in New Zealand, which I saw in the beginning because it was like New Zealand film. And I was like, Mm. oh. what, it's basically set in 1925. Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons are essentially the, the heads of this team of um, ranchers. Uh, and mm. they essentially herd cows. And Benedict Cumberbatch is this very rugged, uber-masculine, greasy, dirty, homophobic, kind of brutish guy. And Jesse Plemons is this much more well... He sort of represents the Old West, which is now kind of dead when you get into the 1920s, pretty much. And Jesse Plemons is this sort of suited gentleman. He's very heavy set, and Benedict Cumberbatch is constantly putting him down, calling him fatso. Yes. So Jesse Plemons represents the new era, and and Benedict Cumberbatch represents the older era. Old era of business, new era. And Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, character called Phil, is kind of quite protective of the business that they had. They, it's sort of implied that they got money from their parents to run this business, and the only way that they were kind of saved from being very poor is because they have this work that they do. Um, They stumble into uh, Kirsten Dunst's farm where they sort of are, you know, they've taken a whole load of cows, and she has this son played by Cody Smith McPhee. And Jesse Plemons develops a romance with Kirsten Dunst, much to the like dismay of, of Benedict Cumberbatch, who's really quite against it. Um, when they first have dinner at the ranch and Kirsten Dunst prepares dinner for the ranchman, um, Cody Smithy is very much this not masculine, soft. He makes little flowers out of roses and, and right. paper and he puts them on the table. And Benedict Cumberbatch is sort of like burning them in front of his face and humiliating him. And there's all this sense that Benedict Cumberbatch maybe has these very, uh, he's like overly masculine and maybe he has these repressed, unaddressed feelings to why he is that way. Um, and what essentially happens is Kirsten Dunst and Benedict Cumberbatch have this really like searing, nasty tension between them. And it's funny you said that you aren't always a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch's performances where he does an American accent. And I usually agree with you, but I actually think this is one of his best performances mm. he's ever done. He's nominated for Best Actor, and I can see why, because I think he's sure. really, really good. Oh, everyone's really good, but he's really menacing. And Benedict Cumberbatch, we've seen do those really broad villains like Smaug and Shere Khan, where he does that voice, and he's very yeah. like, look at me, I'm the villain. Yeah. And here, he, he manages to unnerve you and, and chill you in this really subtle mm. way. There's this whole thing about music and how he, Kirsten Dunst has this musical ability, but Benedict Cumberbatch kind of intimidates her with his. And um, the score is done by someone who I can't remember, but it is very, very creepy and mm. very present score. You, you'll listen to it and you're like, this is really, um, this sounds bad, but it's telling you when you need to feel a certain thing. Right. But you can tell the score is very much pushing you through this. Is it Johnny Greenwood or? I think it's Johnny Greenwood. Oh, well, That's bang on yeah, it is. Love it. Um, Sorry if I got that wrong. Um, Cody Smith McPhee and Benedict Cumberbatch start like really not getting on, but they start to develop this sort of like mentor, mm. like ch- father child type relationship. Benedict Cumberbatch sees this very sort of soft boy who doesn't really want to get involved in like the manly cowboy stuff. And he starts sort of mentoring him yeah. and all of that, much to Kirsten Dunst's dismay. She feels really 
oppressed by him. And the film kind of goes on from there. And I won't reveal much more about it because that's probably all, mm. all, 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 all that you need. It takes a very, my problem with it, it takes a very long time to tell its story. The points it makes, I think, mm. are made too slowly. Like, <laughs> I, I understood yeah. what it was trying to say and it does it really well. Like I said, the way in which it uses score and the way in which it, it directs tension, I think is really well done. But I was a bit towards like the second half, like mm. can we get a little bit of a move on? Mm. The ending is quite strange. I totally got it. But I, it all very much happened at once. You got all this build up, yeah. build up, build up. It's very slow. And then the last five minutes, everything just happens and then it's and then credits. And I'm like, at, when it rolled credits, I was like, okay, so that must have happened and that and that and that. I right, see, I understand. Okay. But it wasn't like a real, oh, wow. I was just a bit bored and, and, uh, and that's slightly- That's a shame. I was a yeah. shame because I, uh, you know, I. You know, I like to try and catch all the the uh, Oscars, and this is the problem when it's given to you in Netflix. You know, like, mm. and the option is, and the choice is yours. You can watch. You're competing with everything uh, else. I, I you know, it's different if it was the cinema because, like, I would probably be interested, intrigued enough to go to the cinema because it's an Oscar film. But then I'm locked in there, and, and I and I'm, I've paid my Can't ticket, leave. and I'm not going to leave. Yeah. But Netflix, because I know that I can just turn that your off. Phones buzzing. You're exactly. I'm not going to. Um, I. I, I, I I would like to see more of Jane Campion stuff, and I would like to, I would, I want to want to watch it. Yes, I wanted to watch it more, but this podcast made me go, okay, fine, I'll watch it this week. Yeah, but I don't think I would have given myself the energy to do it. Filmed in New Zealand, that, I think Jane Campion is New Zealand herself, a yeah. New Zealander herself, and uh, it reminds me there's, there was a film that came out a few years ago, another western called Slow West, which was filmed in New Zealand. Michael Fassbender, yeah, and Ben Mendelsohn, really quite a strange I film. Seen it. It's all right, but also Cody Smith McPhee is also in there. Um, just another kind of like random, like uh, modern Western. Um, I'd say if you were gonna le- like try and convince yourself to see it, performances are really good. Bottom Across line, how long is it? Two hours. S- just two hours? I think just under two hours. But it feels like two days. It feels like you sat down for two hours. A <laughs> film shouldn't feel like two no, hours. No, it should but like, you away. But Jesse Clemens shows he's one of the most versatile oh, yeah. actors in Hollywood. And Benedict Cumberbatch, I think, proves that he has got many... Uh, many blades to a Swiss army knife. He's such a, sort of, I really went such a No, he's just, re- he's just yeah. really good. And I think I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch right. is going to do that. But he's doing something really, really, really good. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins Best Actor. Again, not having seen all the films. Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst married, I believe. Or at least together. Did you know Are that? they? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah they met that. on the set of Fargo in 2015, oh, the second season. Yeah, that brings yeah. a whole new yeah. thing to it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And you said Shere Khan. Is that in the... Andy Serkis, yes, Jungle Book. the one called The Legend Mo- of Mowgli, right? And also Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness. I am Khan. He does that. He has this like, you wouldn't dare disobey me. Yeah, and he kind of has like, I'm going to do that villain thing. Mm. Oh, you want me to play the villain in Very this other children's book? Mustachio oh, twirling, uh, yes. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, there's, uh, I think, I think, he's brilliant as Smaug. Um, mm. But this is villainous in a completely different way, which is I, I think will watch that maybe possibly at some mm. time maybe here's the thing if you did we'd probably have a similar conversation i'm not gonna assume you feel the exact I, same as me but i think we'd both go yeah yeah there's that and then it ends and what did you think yeah that's what happened i go yeah i think i'd have the exact same reaction yeah okay george i've just shown you the trailer for jordan peele's 
latest film, Nope. Yeah. What do you think, you in? <laughs> I'm in, I'm in. I love Jordan Peele. And uh, I was reacting to you just then. I was going, I, I, I was giving you the, oh, oh. So do you know what Nope, N-O-P-E, is, it, like, stands for? Uh, I, I Googled this afterwards. It's not of planet Earth. Uh, Hence, like, the sort of alien But also the thing. kind of, like, nope, nope, nope not, not doing not, it. Not which today. I the trailer. But I, I'm really excited for it. I just think that trailer was really, yeah. really cool. I, 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 it made me want to rewatch Get Out and Us. Yes. And I think they would work, unsurprisingly, so well for a double bill. Yeah. I um, mean, say what you want about, uh, you know, some people found Us a little bit flawed or, like, Get Out yeah, a bit silly. Is, but, but Us like, is flawed, but I still... I love the conversations vision, I yeah. had. Yeah. And the vision and, and the kind of the feeling I got. I, I had such a great time at the cinema yes. with Us. And, I enjoyed and, uh, so much. What I love so much about us, I went to see it with Talia and we just spent an hour on the way home and then when we got home just discussing every yes. little detail going and that that's that's just as fun as seeing a film as being able to do yes, that with that, someone. that is the cinematic experience. 100%. Okay, forget your power of the dogs. Going to the pub you afterwards. Know, what, oh yeah, I've got nothing exactly, interesting. Got nothing. When you see power of the dog, I'll go, you'll go, that happened, didn't it? And I'll go, yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. <laughs> you want to draw him You want to kind you of want excitement. Think, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so down. Was July it's coming out, I think, I think right? he said this summer, so okay. it's a good summer uh, horror film. And, and I'm, I'm sure, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I'm sure there will be, and he does this so well, this sort of elevated sub-racial yeah. tension. Yes. That will, for somehow... Yeah. And he, he's going he's gonna to capture that yeah. that idea in such a cool way. And the way he evokes like other genres. So like obviously the Get Out was like the thriller, and he, even Us was a bit more of a horror. And this yeah. looks like it's science fiction. And yeah. you know he he's, he's, he revamped the Twilight Zone. And I I I, I just I, yeah I'm really so I'm a couple really down of shots in there which are just like you're like oh my god yeah, what is like, that? Uh, um, really. I also think it's the kind of thing that looks like it will fall apart in the last twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll be discussing it. Yeah, then, yeah. So very excited for that. So George. Did you also catch the new Jurassic World Dominion trailer with the original three, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum back? What did you think? Oh, oh wow. I'm back for more dinosaurs. Nature has uh, Dominion. Thing. Um, um, I did see it. Yeah. Um, two words. Cash grab. Oh, it's going to make so much Let's money. Just, oh, it's going to make a huge amount of money. But oh it's just God. the, I mean, it's so hokey. Oh. It looks so hokey, which you could never say about the original. In, Look at that. The, the Hey, was it? Ellie Sadler. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing around these parts? Are you coming? God <laughs> damn, you dropped me back You in. old bastard. In another, in another world where Jurassic World 2 didn't exist and, I, and, and they were a bit better, I'd be so excited. And, and there are a couple of frames from that, yeah. which I think are, I quite like. Dinosaurs with feathers. Right. Nice little homage to the yeah, fact that they sure. probably did have feathers. There's a great shot with the T-Rex like coming through the cinema, yeah, like burning sure. the film, which in a way it probably would for a lot of people's yes. imagination. <laughs> But James, you're just describing gifts. I know, I, I, which is what cinema is now. But I mean, that trailer is just such a byproduct of the new formula for a billion pound, billion dollar movie <laughs> these days. Reduced piano theme, then heavy drums. Over yeah. da, da, the uh, iconic um, redo, iconic shots, but in a different yes, way, in a slightly different way. Bring back the old cast. Why do they always probably, have to be bigger? Probably kill off one of them. Probably, yeah, I bet one of them will die. Goldblum, I bet. No, I think it'd be Sam Neill. I think, think Sam Neill's been like if i'm coming back i'm getting the he- i'm getting my head bitten off yeah how, how do you feel about those three coming back there's, there's nothing like seeing them together again staring down the dinosaur and then him and owen wilson owen were like don't move not owen wilson owen wilson owen Shaw. Sorry. Yeah, i'm sorry oh my god i'm not wrong move. Not meant to move. <laughs> wow um, no uh i i don't i like jurassic park um, I don't know if I feel again, James. I don't think I feel too much, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's I, a lot. I, they were like I think it's so cynical. Do you know what's more interesting is the little videos that Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill put out on Twitter when they were filming it. When they would 
Jeff Goldblum would play piano in the hotel and, and Sam Neill oh, would play ukulele. Yeah, the two of them just interacted. That's like, lovely. That's, and that would be more interesting than the whole film. Yeah, I bet. The whole thing of dinosaurs running around in streets and jumping in on. In Rome, it You know what like, it's got? It? It's, got, it's jumped the shark. It's gone, it's gone yeah. full, you know, you never go full dinosaur. They, they, they've, gone, they've done this. Yeah. They meshed, their, meshed it all together and gone, yeah, yeah, we'll get those guys and these guys and the dinosaurs in the other world. Yeah, but no, but it's like the tension, the, the, the thrill of Jurassic Park was always the, the interaction between the dinosaur world and the human world. Yes. You just keep it like this, the very, you know, tense Venn diagram. Yes. You don't just go, oh, why don't we just... Yeah, yeah, which the, is what Jurassic World now was. It's basically, what if we got a T-Rex and a Velociraptor and we mated it and had yeah. a baby? And I'm like, But this really? is like, this is like, a, it's basically an alien invasion movie, but they happen to be dinosaurs. Yeah. Are you, is it going to get you a cinema ticket? No, I'm fine. You're out. I'm done. You're out. I'll see you later. Bye. You and I saw Dune a couple of months ago. Yep. Our main Dune. thought was good, half a story. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. But uh, Denis Villeneuve yep. has come out and he says, for the second part, there would be more Harkonnen stuff. More Harkonnen <laughs> stuff. You want more Harkonnen stuff? More Harkonnen stuff. That's the really brutal one. Big, yeah. like. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, no, I do want more Baron. Baron, uh, yeah, the Baron. Like, Baron. Give me more. I want him bathing in different things. My Arrakis. My dude. I want him floating. And then yeah. it was somebody, well, I, that's how I want to end every conversation is when you sink into the bath. You yeah. know, just like, <laughs> and the Fremen. Kill them all. He said, uh, <laughs> he said, I love the way he talks about films. When I shoot a film, I shoot it like all my movies. As if it's the last one, I will do the same with part two. Well, <laughs> I trust this man. I, I, I want. Uh, Surely you need more of the f Fremen, Harkonnen. No, but they, we also need more of the Fremen because we That's saw the, we had the, 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 the desert teaser. people. We will get more Fremen, but we <laughs> yeah. also do need more Harkonnen because Dave Bautista just looked angry for a couple yeah, of scenes. He just glared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, but I'm fine with that. And maybe we can find out what that that crawly bug thing was. You know, the leather bug. Yeah. I don't know. Give it all. Give it all. Just, just, just make it sure it's a conclusive story or makes sense as its own film. Finish please. it. I have faith. Though. Finish him. Finish him. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. Don't forget, we post a new episode of this show every single Wednesday. And we've got plenty more content coming on the channel throughout the week, so keep an eye out for that. Whether yep. you're listening or watching, there'll be more reviews that we don't include in here, so it'll be on all the feeds on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Follow us there. If you're watching, please drop us a like and subscribe. It makes a really big difference. And if you're listening, leave us a review. See, See you next week. week. Oh! <laughs> to do that.